You're listening to the Kurdistan in America podcast, the official podcast of the Kurdistan Regional Government Representation in Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Dilovan Berwari. This is a special episode with Senator Chris Van Hollen, with the primary focus on the bipartisan resolution commemorating the 30th anniversary of Operation Provide Comfort and supporting the strong Kurdish-American partnership today. Senator Van Hollen has represented the state of Maryland in the U.S. Senate since 2017. He served in the House of Representatives for Maryland's 8th District from 2003 until 2017. The senator has been a longtime supporter of the Kurds and is very knowledgeable on the Kurdish issue. On October 21st, Senator Van Hollen, along with Senator Marco Rubio, introduced a bipartisan resolution in the Senate after several members of Congress had first introduced it in the House of Representatives on April 30th. The initial co-sponsors in the U.S. House of Representatives were Michael Waltz of Florida, Jim Cooper of Tennessee, Chris Stewart of Utah, Jason Crow of Colorado, Dina Titus of Nevada, Andy Kim of New Jersey, and Don Bacon of Nebraska. Today, close to 20 members of the House have sponsored the resolution. Concurrent Resolution 32, as it's officially known, refers to the humanitarian military operation that saved hundreds of thousands of Kurdish refugees who fled to the mountains to escape from Saddam Hussein's armed forces after the uprising against his tyranny in 1991. It also honors all the brave U.S. soldiers who strive to prevent the death and starvation of innocent civilians. More than 10,000 Americans in the Air Force, Marines, Army, and Navy took part in Operation Provide Comfort, which was one of the most successful humanitarian operations in U.S. history. The Kurdistan Regional Government representation in the United States encourages Kurdish Americans to send a message to their members of Congress in the House and Senate in support of the resolution. And now, a very warm welcome to Senator Chris Von Hollen. Senator Von Hollen, welcome to the Kurdistan in America podcast. Well, it's great to be with you. It's a pleasure having you. Let's begin with your experience as a congressional leader, both in the House of Representatives and the Senate. How long have you been serving in the United States Congress? I've been serving in the United States Congress since uh, 2003. I was elected to the House of Representatives. I served there through 2016, uh, and then I was elected to the United States Senate. I should say, prior to my time as an elected official uh, in the Congress, uh, I served on the staff of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee back in the late 1980s. Uh, But uh, as an elected official, uh, since my election to the House back in 2003. That's an extraordinary dedication to public services, Senator. Thanks for sharing. And my next question is about the recent bipartisan resolution that you introduced in the Senate commemorating the 30th anniversary of Operation Provide Comfort and supporting the strong Kurdish-American partnership today. First of all, thank you for the support. Now, please tell us a bit about the resolution and why you decided to submit it. Well, I thought this was important uh, because we wanted to underscore the long-time a strong relationship uh, between the United States um, and the Kurdish people, and particularly in this instance, uh, our efforts to protect um, the Iraqi Kurds uh, in the Kurdistan area of northern Iraq. Uh, and I've done this along with my colleague, uh, Marco Rubio, so it's a bipartisan piece of legislation, and it does a couple things. It 
underscores uh, the importance of Operation Comfort, uh, provide comfort, uh, back uh, in 1991. This, of course, was a time when Saddam Hussein had once again uh, turned his tanks and helicopter gunships on defenseless citizens in Iraqi Kurdistan, and the United States uh, decided uh, to provide uh, a security zone um, and make sure that we protected uh, the Iraqi Kurds uh, at this moment of, of need and really potential catastrophe. So we thought it was important to underscore that relationship, uh, especially now um, as uh, we look to the next chapter of uh, our relationship with Iraq and with Iraqi Kurds, uh, and again, underscore the importance of that relationship. Now, what are the next steps in pressing forward with the resolution? Can it be voted on by the U.S. Congress, and what would that mean? Well, the next steps would be exactly as you say. It would be a vote. Uh, the vote would first take place uh, normally in the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. That's the committee I serve on, uh, as does Senator Rubio. Uh, so our hope would be to get a strong vote out of the committee. Uh, and then, of course, it goes before the full Senate. Uh, but step number one is a committee vote. Uh, and uh, we are going to be pushing both the chairman of the committee, uh, Senator Menendez, and the ranking member of the committee, uh, Senator Risch, uh, to schedule a vote on this resolution. Senator, what can the Kurdish communities across the U.S. do to help pass the resolution? Is there anything they can do? Well, probably the most important thing right now is to get that vote in the Senate Foreign Relations Committee and really urge uh, the chairman uh, and the ranking member uh, to schedule a vote. I'm quite confident that if we have a vote uh, in the committee on this bill, it will pass overwhelmingly and maybe unanimously. Uh, but, you know, there's a very busy calendar here in the Senate, um, a lot going on, and we need to encourage uh, Chairman Menendez and Senator Risch, uh, the Republican ranking member, uh, to hold a vote uh, on this. Then it would go to the floor of the Senate, and, and then we will work on the next step. But stop number one, step number one, is a Senate Foreign Relations Committee vote. Senator, you've been a longtime supporter of Kurds, so let's pivot to the United States' involvement in the Kurdistan region. As a staff of the U.S. Senate Foreign Relations Committee, you and Peter Galbraith, who later became an ambassador, visited Iraq in the 1980s. I believe your report on your trip led to some action in the U.S. Senate against Saddam Hussein's genocidal campaign against Kurds. Tell us about why you went there, what you saw, and what the U.S. Congress did as a result of your report. Well, as I mentioned in your in response to your first question, um, I've served as a member of Congress uh, in the House and now the Senate since 2003. But before that, I served as a staff member on the Senate Foreign Relations uh, Committee. And one of my colleagues on the staff there was Peter Galbraith. And back uh, in the late 1980s, in fact, I think it was the fall, September period of 1988, uh, it was part of the Unfall campaign. And this is when uh, Saddam Hussein uh, was attacking uh, you know, Kurds in the north uh, and reports that he was using chemical weapons. And of course, this came in the aftermath of the terrible poison gas attacks uh, in Halabja. 
Uh, and so Peter Galbraith and I went to the Iraq-Turkish border uh, to investigate, and we interviewed uh, hundreds of the Kurds who were escaping across the Iraq-Turkish border, escaping Saddam Hussein's use of poison gas, and interviewed them um, and heard the horrible stories of what they'd experienced. Uh, and then we came back to Washington and we issued a report uh, about Saddam Hussein's uh, final offensive, uh, the effort uh, to wipe out the Kurds, the genocidal effort that Saddam Hussein launched um, against the Kurdish people uh, in Iraq. Uh, and we also uh, proposed legislation. Um, that legislation was uh, adopted by the senators um, in the Senate on a bipartisan basis uh, to impose sanctions, very st stiff economic sanctions uh, on the regime of Saddam uh, Hussein. Uh, I will say, unfortunately, that bill, having passed the Senate on a strong bipartisan vote, uh, did not, uh, in the end, pass uh, the House of Representatives. Um, the administration in power at the time, uh, you know, the Reagan administration, um, opposed uh, the passage of it at that point in time. Um, I've always thought you know, it would have been much better to strong, send that very strong message to Saddam Hussein uh, back then. Uh, but it did lead to much you know, greater efforts to uh, distance the United States from the regime of Saddam Hussein. Um, so in the end, the actions the United States government took did not go as far as we wanted, but we were successful at shining a very bright light on Saddam Hussein's genocidal campaign against uh, the Kurds, uh, and it did result in the United States uh, distancing itself uh, more uh, from that regime. Not as much as I would have liked to see, but, but more. Yeah, so it planted the seeds, basically. Yes, it did. Senator, that's a remarkable story. Thank you. Now let's discuss the current situation. What are your thoughts on the recent U.S.-Iraq strategic dialogue agreement to pull combat troops out of Iraq by the end of the year? Well, I support the agreement to pull U.S. combat troops uh, out of Iraq. But uh, as you know, as part of the ongoing relationship, the United States will maintain a, a strong uh, military training mission uh, in Iraq. Uh, and that is very important. Uh, to my mind, because we constantly see the threats of a resurgent ISIS. In fact, just in you know, recent weeks, uh, we've seen uh, ISIS attacks. And the uh, Iraqi Kurds and the Syrian Kurds have played a very important role uh, in uh, our fight against ISIS. Uh, and it is essential uh, that the United States continue to provide support uh, to the Iraqi military and make sure that the Iraqi forces, um, excuse me, the Kurdish uh, forces and Peshmerga forces uh, have the equipment uh, and training they need uh, to finish this fight against ISIS. It's not over. We've seen uh, ISIS uh, attacks up in Afghanistan um, recently, uh, and we need to make sure that we finish the job. And that requires the United States playing a continuing role uh, in supporting Iraqi military forces uh, and particularly, uh, and as well, the Iraqi uh, Kurdish forces. Senator, will we witness another Afghanistan? In, in Iraq? Yes. I do not think so, no. Uh, 
I think uh, you have very different situations. Uh, as you know, we've just seen an election uh, in Iraq. Uh, I'm looking forward to the formation of a, a new government. It is very important that the government uh, provide the reforms that are being demanded by, the, by people across uh, the country, across Iraq. Um, and so the United States will you know, support that effort uh, to uh, recognize and observe uh, the election results uh, and looks forward to you know, working with all the parties uh, in Iraq uh, for a more stable uh, future. Uh, it's also very important in my view that we continue to maintain our strong relationships with uh, Iraqi Kurdistan. Uh, as you know, we have uh, two American universities uh, located in that region. Uh, one, of course, is the American University in Kurdistan. The other is the American University of Iraq in Suleimania. Uh, and so those people-to-people -people relationships uh, are very important. Now, in your view, uh, in what other ways can the U.S.-KRG relations grow? Well, I think continuing to have very close uh, communications um, among elected and political leaders is important, but very important as well are these people-to-people -people, uh, contacts. Um, and I think those universities can play a very important uh, role in that regard. Uh, but we also just need to uh, make sure that we have regular communications in all dimensions of, of the relationship, uh, security and military, um, you know, political uh, dialogue, uh, as, as well as um, exchanges, the people-to-people -people level on cultural issues. You know, you know it's, uh, the United States, uh, as you know, uh, is sort of built on the idea of equal rights um, and equal justice. Uh, and you know, treating people with dignity and respect, regardless of their uh, background or their religion. And I know, you know, the in Iraqi Kurdistan, there are similar values uh, and principles. And so it's important that we continue to pursue that relationship. Very well said. Now let's turn to you, Senator. What should I ask you that people might be surprised to know about you? Well, that's always a dangerous question to ask somebody, but um, <laughs> one of the things that some people do not know uh, is that I grew up in a, an American Foreign Service family. Uh, so uh, I was born in Karachi, Pakistan, uh, and we lived in Sri Lanka, India, and Turkey. Uh, and, you know, in the American Foreign Service, like the Iraqi Foreign Service, uh, you have tours overseas and then you come uh, back home. Um, you know, my father's family is from Baltimore, Maryland, and you know, my mother uh, was also a foreign policy expert like my dad, uh, so they were a good partnership. But um, so I traveled many, uh, uh, you know, we, we had many overseas posts in those early years uh, uh, in South Asia and, uh, and the greater Middle East. That's an amazing story. Thanks for sharing. Now we've reached the final segment of the interview where we ask our guests the same three questions. So here, here goes the first question. When was the first time you heard about Kurdistan? Well, I would say it was in the 19... Well, let me back up. I, again, I, I, as I mentioned, I came from a foreign service family, so I, you know, I had a great interest in international uh, issues from an early age. So it, it's hard to pinpoint when I first 
heard of Kurdistan, but I can tell you the first time I really had a chance to focus on Kurdistan would have been in the 1980s, um, and it was during my time on the on the Senate Foreign Relations uh, Committee staff, and it was when Saddam Hussein launched uh, his uh, campaign of genocide against uh, the Kurdish people, and uh, that's when uh, Peter Galbraith and I uh, teamed up uh, as staff members and took that visit to the Iraqi-Turkish border and, and reported on the use of poison gas, chemical gas, uh, by Saddam Hussein against the Kurdish people. Okay, the second question, what is a word or phrase that sums up Kurdistan for you? Well, my gut reaction to Kurdistan is a place where we have very warm relations between the people of the United States um, and the people of Kurdistan, uh, and a place that shares the values of the people of the United States, uh, equal justice, equal rights, um, and freedom of religion. Uh, and I'd also say, you know, fighters for justice uh, would sum up um, my view of, uh, of, of Kurdistan. Very well said. Finally, what's a word or phrase that sums up America for you? America is, I still believe, the land of opportunity. Uh, it's the, you know, as we say in our national anthem, um, the, the, the land of the free and the home of the brave. And uh, again, this is a country that's focused uh, on adherence to values and principles. Uh, it's a country based on an idea. And that idea is that uh, people, regardless of background, regardless of religion, regardless of race, uh, have a home uh, in America and a chance to succeed. That is the vision. Um, we all know that we have a, a long journey still ahead uh, to make sure that the reality meets the vision, but that is the idea of America. Couldn't agree more. Senator, thank you so much for the interview. It's an honor having you on our show. Good to be with you. Thanks. Pleasure, Senator. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure is mine. Thank you for listening to the Kurdistan in America podcast, the official podcast of the Kurdistan Regional Government Representation in Washington, D.C. Please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on either Buzzsprouts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google. Also, for more information about the Kurdistan region, please visit our website at www.us.gov.krd or follow us on Twitter at krg_usa.